Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach. I'm so excited about another episode of our podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Tony Thompson. He's currently an author, motivational speaker, played college basketball at Stanford University in Birmingham, Alabama. Just an incredible young man with a deep passion for knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. He's married to Christina. I cannot wait for you to hear from Tony, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Tony. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Stuart. You bet. I'm excited. I know we connected a while back on social media, actually, a long time ago. So it's fun to actually uh, finally get this on the schedule. So if you don't mind, start out with some background information, just a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, about your family growing up, and maybe a little bit about mm-hmm. your uh, family today and um, your sports background. Yep, absolutely. So born and raised St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and uh, you know, was fortunate enough to have, have both my parents in my home. And at an early age, probably around, I would say three, maybe maybe sooner than that, my dad put a basketball in my hand. And I took a liking to it like none other. It was basketball 25-8, you know, where food sometimes didn't even matter. It, it was just basketball, 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 you know. Uh, and so whether it was on a toy hoop in the initially, uh, but then, you know, it transitioned into, uh, I remember the YMCA joining my first YMCA team around the age of five or six. And from there, I never looked back traveling AAU, being able to just go from state to state and just literally bleed basketball. When you cut me open during that, during those early ages, I was bleeding basketball. Like that's, that's it basketball you know that was I'm surprised that wasn't my first word you know Mm -hmm. even before you know basketball and so um my parents instilled you know not only basketball but uh, hard work you know it was through basketball that they showed me the importance of taking a skill that you have and developing it working on it to master it and so uh it obviously translates into life and I think uh, I definitely, um, what's the black, connect my mm. work ethic to those beginning days with that ball in my hands and just falling in love with it. And uh, again, my parents did a phenomenal job. They, they put a basketball court, put a concrete slab in, the, in our backyard. And just so I could practice at any time, put a basketball hoop back there, a concrete slab, and I could practice at any time. Sometimes I would actually uh, bring my little sister out who was uh, about three years younger than me. And uh, we'd be playing, <laughs> we'd be playing and she'd be trying to, she'd keep, try to keep up and actually did a pretty good job of giving me a good, a good look when it came to practice, you know, a, a good looking practice so that when I played in a real game, I, you know, she's clawing me and scratching me and pushing me and shoving me, you know, in that backyard. So a lot of battles back there, even with my dad, you know, a lot of battles with him as well. I remember the first time I beat him. Uh, yeah. It was like everything. It, I, you would have thought I beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, you know. So uh, <laughs> it was, It was. so yeah, growing up, a lot of fun. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri, basketball was everything. That's cool. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your faith for a minute. I mean, you, you mentioned your family. Did you grow up in a family of faith? And then at what point did you decide that, you were going to make it your own in that personal relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my parents outside of basketball, 
that was the other priority that made Christ the priority in our home. And so church every Sunday, uh, if I'm being transparent, church every Sunday, um, I remember a lot of ch- a lot of children's church, a lot a lot of children's church, and um, our church back then um, at that particular church, long services like I want to say two and a half hours, sometimes mm-hmm. three, and so I remember just sometimes if I'm being honest, I remember dreading church just from the standpoint of being there so long as a kid, but nonetheless, um, it. They laid that foundation out and made it the main thing in our home. And so mm. I watched my dad uh, pray, watched my mom pray. I watched them pray together. I watched them study the word together. I watched them um, fast together, um, seek God early. And that was uh, extremely wow. beneficial yep, for, for my faith. And I would say uh, accepted Christ around the age of 12, accepted Christ Um but, and it's, you know, I know looking at the outline, but me accepting Christ at 12, uh, I would say was, it was really cool, but I would say I didn't develop my own true authentic relationship until I got to college, mm. if I'm being honest. Um, that, that 12-year-old acceptance of Christ was more of a pleasing my parents I understood what I was doing. I understood who Christ was, who Jesus is, and he died for us and rose from the grave on the third day, and I was dying for my personal sins. I understood the concept, and right. I did welcome it to my heart, but I wouldn't say that it, he didn't become just extremely real in a personal way until college. So That yeah. makes sense, and that's not, you know, I think that's the case a lot of times with people like you, like me, that grew up in church, you know, it just becomes the routine, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. later in our high school or even college years, Mm -hmm. you're, you're faced with, you know what, it's, I got to make it my own. Yep. Exactly. And and that's something we talk about, you know, we got three kids and that's Mm -hmm. something, you know, I want my kids to understand before they leave home. Exactly. You know, I don't want them to go, like like you and me and wait till later. I want it to exactly. be their own now. Exactly. And and the, the tough thing is, is you know, I don't have kids yet, but uh parenting from a from a son perspective is is difficult, you know, and so the balance of being routine and setting a tone, but at the same time allowing your kids to figure it out outside mm. of the routine seems like it may be daunting but fun at the same time and so um when it is time for christina and i to to have children it's going to be interesting to see how we balance that you know um because to your point we, we want them i want them to get them get christ for themselves and not for me or not for her so right yep. oh absolutely yeah because you definitely don't want it to be um something they feel like they have to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. that's that's, that's huge. And, that, and that's a battle because you want the habit of going to church, mm-hmm. but you don't want it to become all about going to church. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. and it's hard. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yep. that's mm-hmm. good. And we'll get back to faith 
um, in a moment. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about your basketball. So I know the listeners won't be able to see it because we're, you know, the podcast is audio, but as we're right. recording via video, you got that Sanford University oh, Bulldog yes. shirt yes. on. So you yes. played some yes. basketball yes. at Sanford. I, I want to ask you, how does somebody from St. Louis – Missouri end up playing basketball for little old Sanford University in Birmingham? Great question. Great question. So um, in high school, I had the goal of playing Division I basketball. Um, and I wasn't recruited by any Division I schools. I got, a, uh, I got some looks from some D2s and a D3. Um, got ended up getting one call from a, from a D one, but it didn't lead to anything. And so this goal of playing D one was at the forefront uh, for me. And what ended up happening was Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama, is actually actually has great ties with the high school that I went to here in St. Oh, Louis, okay. mm-hmm. Westminster Christian Academy. And so there were a lot of people ahead of me from Westminster that were already at Sanford and loved it. And so when I got with my college counselor at Sanford, she just, she was telling me, hey, Tony, check out Sanford. It's a phenomenal university, you'll love it. And I, honestly, I'll be, I'll, be, boy, I'll be transparent. The first time I stepped foot on Sanford's campus was the first day of class, well, the week, wow. well, a couple of days before the first day of class. I didn't visit. I didn't go down there to visit. I did my research from afar, just uh, internet, uh, word, you know, t- calling people who I knew from, again, older classes who were there and just gathering information. And it seemed like a great fit. And so I go there, I step foot on campus and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the basketball team easy. I'm going to talk to the coach and he's going to let me get on the team and start playing. And so I set up a meeting with the, with the head coach. And <laughs> for lack of better words, he basically didn't give me the time of day. He, you know, I told him who I was at uh, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, play basketball back home. I would love to walk on your team. He said, Tony, we don't have any spots available. Can't make it happen. Walked out of the office, highly disappointed. Highly, 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 highly disappointed. But I come back my, the following year sophomore year and I set up another meeting same coach same office same result no so I, I call it a God thing I feel like it's mm-hmm. a God thing uh, but um, that summer going into my junior year the entire coaching staff got fired the entire coaching staff and they brought in a, a new brand new coaching staff. And so you know what I'm thinking, set up and set up a meeting with the new coaches. And long story right. short, I set up a meeting with the new coaches that give me an opportunity to uh try out, play with the players, and uh <laughs> I earn my spot. And so wow. my junior my junior and senior year, you know, I'm a walk on and you know, uh I have my walk on duties of really honestly just giving the the starters a great looking practice. I didn't mm-hmm. get a lot of playing time in games, uh, but was a player on the roster. Traveled every single game I was there, uh, right? Dressing out every single game. I got the same perks as any other player, um, gear, and and it was just a great experience. So yeah, that but that's, that's how that came. That's how it came to uh, into fruition. 
Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy story. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's only God. You're right. Yeah. Only, only, yeah. only. And the no timing, the timing was just perfect because he he that coach that told me no, he had been the head coach at Sanford for like I want to say like close to 15 years. Wow. And exactly. He had. Uh, I'm talking about. He had seen generations come through there and. I guess they were just ready to make changes. And so it's crazy how the change came while I was, you know, while I was there. And and I was still practicing. I was still, you know, I didn't just sit after they told me no. I was still working out. I grabbed a uh, friend of mine and was putting myself through 6 a.m. workouts and all these different things, just staying ready, staying ready. And uh, two years later, I get the opportunity. So definitely a God thing, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, so beyond basketball, you studied this part. I found very fascinating. You studied biology yeah. at Sanford. You were going to pursue a career in dentistry. Yes. Um, but just like basketball, yes. God, God had yes. bigger plans. So yes. yeah. um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you really yeah. felt called to mm-hmm. reach youth and young adults, mm-hmm. you know, helping them discover their passion Mm -hmm. and purpose to talk about the journey Mm -hmm. i mean of putting so much into pursuing biology and dentistry to god saying tony i have a a greater plan of being a speaker and author and mentor so talk about that you know going from dentistry to what you're doing now absolutely back in high school i had made up in my mind dentistry was the route i was shadowing different dentists locally and so, again, when it was time to declare a major, uh, went with biology because biology is connected to obviously, you know, pre-med as well as pre-dental and any pre-health field, honestly. Um, and so I literally go through close to four full years of studying biology. And wow. I end up calling my mom a month prior to graduating, graduating and walking across that stage of 2000, 2014, and telling her, I don't want dentistry anymore. And, you know, a mom is a mom. She's, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> she, that, that news for her wasn't the best news in the world because she, in her head, she's sending me to Sanford with the intent of me coming home with a biology degree and still in pursuit of dentistry. And so, yeah, my son's going to be a dentist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And so in that same call, though, well, no, we get off the phone. I could hear the disappointment in her in her voice, but we get off the phone, and I would probably say a few days to a week later, we get back on the phone, and she is completely understanding of the decision. And in that call, I just explained to her that, mine this doesn't mean that I'm not going to pursue great things. Mm. It just means that I have to be true to what, I feel uh, I'm called to to do. Um, I, I'm 21, I'm 22 years old, and I don't want to get stuck in something that I would hate. You know, money, yeah, that would be cool. The, the, the letters behind my name, that would be cool. But there's no greater satisfaction or gratification uh, that trumps uh, walking in your calling and walking in your purpose and walking in your passion. And so I, uh, I ended up my parents. So backstory, my parents founded a school actually here in St. Louis and about 13 years ago, small private school. 
And so I told my mom initially, I want to serve in the school alongside you. And what I didn't know, what I was, what I didn't know is that she would respond by saying, I want you to uh, join me in overseeing the school. So that's wow. kind of how the principal ownership did okay. happen. She saw that I had this passion for youth. I explained that to her. She even saw it, you know, with the family business, with any family business, you have to, you know, you fill in the holes. So oh, I was yeah. doing janitorial. I was doing camp counseling. I was doing tutoring. I was teaching. I was doing it all, even, you know, through that 12-year period. And so she felt, a, uh, what's the word? Um, she felt that I was ready for that and still would learn alongside her. And so I take over the school. And I do that for two years and God hits me and says, there's one more leap that I want you to take one more. And it was the full time speaking mm. and kind of as a, as a rewind, cause I know we'll probably go back to college maybe, but um, college is where I found speaking, speaking found me to be honest. Mm. To I, I even speaking out when I was a kid, I was one of the shyest kids you'll ever meet in your life. I did not like talking to people. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I hated talking. My, t- my mom would talk for me. She would talk for me, literally. Wow. Ask me a question. She would then begin to be my uh, interpreter, if you will, and she would be the door to talking. And, um, well, bro, I got to tell you something right there on that before you ahead, finish that. Mm-hmm. That gives me, as a parent, so much encouragement and hope because – our three kids are all so shy. And a lot of times, you know, when somebody's talking to them, they'll look at me, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. man, you mm-hmm. give me just that mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. gives me so much hope and encouragement mm-hmm. that as a mm-hmm. someone that God just can use that. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say back then I lacked confidence. You know, I, I, if I'm being honest as a kid, I don't know where that came from. It, it wasn't a, I wouldn't say, I was fearful of people per se, but it was more so, I think, just because I hadn't been around the block for a long time as a kid mm-hmm. that, you know, whether I'm talking to my peers or talking to other, talking, talking to adults, I just did not feel as confident with my communication, I guess. And so it's funny that now I speak for a living, which is, this is mind blowing every time I, I say it, thinking about, thinking about that, the past. And so, uh, Long story short, that speaking found me on my college campus at Sanford. Um, started, got connected with a with a with a young with a big brother. Now was actually the best man in my wedding, Jeremy Towns. He's uh, currently in med school. We had a uh, two or three year stint in the NFL, and uh, got connected with him because he was like this big Jesus freak on campus, and. Literally, we hit it off. He was leading a Bible study on campus. And so I got into the speaking rotation with that Bible study. And people were telling me, Tony, you have something here. And I didn't know I had it. And so I literally just started working on the craft of speaking on the college campus. And that revisited me after that two years of serving at the school. So I hope that connection makes sense. You know, from from 2012, to 2000, that would have been around 16, I was kind of speaking on my college campus, but also speaking on the side while overseeing mm-hmm. the school. And then uh, in, in 2000, September, no, 
the summer of 2016 is when I made that jump into full-time speaking. Yep. Summer, yeah. 2016, yep. Mm -hmm. And you've also, not just speaking, you've written a book called Why Wait? So talk uh-huh. about talk about that, um, mm-hmm. the book, and then mm-hmm. kind of what's the primary message in the book? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Why, Why Wait um, was released in October of 16. And honestly, what it focuses on is trying to get anyone who reads it, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, you know, purple, green, uh, rich, poor, middle class, um, all communities, all ages, um, generations, get any reader to understand the importance of being intentional in mm. walking in your purpose and passion. I, that word intentional, I think, gets tossed around a lot. Uh, but passion, finding your passion takes intentionality. It, it, wow. Exploring that world and walking the lines of just curiosity mm-hmm. and urgency and intentionality is what gets you to that passion. And that's coming from someone who was practicing, who practiced and still is what I preach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times people think passion just literally comes to you. You can just sit down in a chair and just think your passion and then boom. It just moves. Yeah, there it happens. is. Right. No, it takes curiosity, but in your curiosity, it takes a lot of exploration, intentional exploration. And so in Why Wait, I uh, have five principles where I tackle that that idea of what it means to be intentional and urgent in walking that line. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I usually don't do a lot of commercials on the podcast, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's an important message. So if someone's listening and wants to get a copy of your book, mm-hmm. how can they do that? Is it is it available yep. on Amazon? Yep. Well, not Amazon, but my website. Go okay. to my website. My wife and I, we ship out the copies uh, uh, ourselves. And so the website is TonyThompsonSTL.com. And when you go to the website, you click on the shop tab and you'll see, uh, you'll see buy. Yep. And w- what I want to do is, um, I don't know if he led to do this. Not sure. Um, um, just specifically for your 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 listeners, um, I'm gonna throw in anybody who's listening, who uh, and listening to this right now, uh, just some type of way. When if you do order and maybe shoot me an email, letting me know that you are uh, a listener of All In Sports uh, podcast. And, uh, and we'll throw up just 50% off. Oh, no, wow. Um, copies are $20 a copy. So to you, it would just be $10. I don't know. I feel led to do that. So anybody that's anybody who's listening, just on my website, put your, you know, make sure I make sure you tell me that you are a listener of uh, Stuart's podcast. And we'll make that happen. Man, that's a huge blessing. So listeners, right now, go to TonyThompsonSTL.com. <laughs> Order a copy of the book, put a comment, email him that you're a listener of All In Sports Outreach uh, podcast mm-hmm. and 50% off. Boom. What a blessing. Yep. Man, that's Absolutely. huge. Absolutely. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you. So in your your speaking, is there a, a testimony or two, a success story, if you will, that, that you would share, um, you know, from your speaking that, that that you've been doing 
over the last few years. Absolutely. Um, man, that, you know, when I saw this question come across the outline, I was, uh, it was, it's tough because there's a lot of, it's been a, it's been an amazing oh, yeah. journey the last coming up on four years in a couple months. And we've, Christina and I, my wife and I, we have been able to reach lives that in my eyes were going to be unreachable, unreachable, but God said otherwise. Um, and so with that being said, I would have to say that one of these stories that kind of stands out, if you will, um, Man. Okay, let me say let me give some context before I say this. Yeah, absolutely. When I what I love about my keynotes, keynote presentations, my one-offs, is that there's a lot of inspiration packed into 45 minutes to an hour. And I try to also to put principles in that time as well that matches with that inspiration. Um now the the kind of that is <clears throat> it's only a one-time deal, right? It's not like my workshop programming that I do with schools where I'm weekly, they're seeing my face. And so with that being said, there was one uh, speaking engagement I had probably a, a year and a half ago now, two years actually. And it was at a, um, a uh, youth center um, and I finished speaking and a kid looks me in my eyes, young man, and he says, thank you so much for coming. I needed to hear you. I was like, that's not a no problem at all. I was happy to be here. And he says, no, you don't understand. Uh, I'm in this youth center or this is actually a group home. I'm sorry. I'm in this group home because my, my mom, my mom's boyfriend uh, used to beat me and my mom physically abuse me and my mother um and your words that you shared today gave me more motivation and inspiration to work through that wow. and after he shared that with me i looked him in his eyes and i just told him that you are going to be a phenomenal husband one day and a phenomenal father one day you won't be anything like your mom's boyfriend and uh mm. I, I got teary-eyed obviously in a moment but that was, uh, that was, that was, that, that kid, well, he's not, don't leave my memory ever. Um, and those stories, you know, I could share stories of kids telling me that if they didn't hear me on a particular day, that they were going to, you know, in their lives mm. soon. Uh, when, when a kid expresses that to you, I mean, what, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's mind blowing. We have so many, youth and young adults that are struggling, especially with mental health, That's uh, right. family dysfunction, um, just uh, hardship. You have so many temptations out here through social media. And unfortunately, they're looking for just the stewards of the world, the Tonys of the world to call out and, and let them know I'm available. I'm, mm. I'm here for you. And so, uh, yeah, that, that would be one story that will always stick with Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's heavy. Yeah. 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 It was heavy. That's moving. It was heavy yeah. In the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's very encouraging, too, to know that kind of validates kind of what you're doing, right? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you and your wife work 
this organization together. So what are your plans or visions for the future? I know, mm-hmm. you know, I know you're not just satisfied for where you are today. So, um, you know, what, what are y'all looking forward to coming up? Yep. Man, my wife has been a warrior. She's been a warrior through this process because um, when I, I tell people all the time, the decision to leave uh, the school and to go into speaking full time with no type of uh, speaking background, no network, uh, really honestly, transparency, no money, mm-hmm. no sales degree, no marketing degree, none of that. Um, we got married. We got married. And because right when we got married, that's when I made the decision to go full time speaking. We made the decision to live with her parents for mm. two years, two years while building our company, the speaking brand that we that we have today. And women like security, point blank, security. Right. emotional, right. spiritual, obviously emotional, mental security, financial security that's important to women and it should be and for my wife she sacrificed financial security um so that the so that the vision god had given me for the speaking could be carried out Mm. for that i'm forever grateful and indebted and so um, with that being said you know we we rolled out this this journey in 2016 and have not looked back and have been able to go from local to national in, you know, a little over three and a half, a little over three and a half years before soon. And it's been mind boggling to see what God has done. I mean, Stuart, rejection, a lot of rejection. I'm, I'm saying rejection that will bring me to tears early on. It was uh, very draining uh, emotionally because when you want when you feel like you have something and you're almost being denied, but it's not personal. It's not like they're denying you personal, the opportunity to come speak to their kids or speak to their group or their organization. It's just maybe budgeting or maybe timing. But when you have something and you, you want to get it out so badly and you know that there's people who need it and you get the emails that say, you know, the timing is not right or we don't have it in a budget or, Sorry, we just don't want you to come. Um, it it weighs on you. It weighs on you, and it obviously even weighed on Christina early on. And so, the beauty in that is God through building that early, He did some things in us internally in our marriage that has made our marriage much much stronger. Because now we are um, eating, if you will, the fruit of our labor. We, we, we're, we're very comfortable, very, very comfortable. And it's amazing to see what God has, has done. But with that being said, I'm honestly, from a, from a visionary standpoint, I'm, I try not to get caught up in specifics of like right. this specific goal. And if I don't hit it, then I'm going to, but international is definitely on the radar. International. Mm. Um, I know that, God has called his his body, and that's the beauty, beautiful thing. He has a body uh, of believers to reach who they're being, who they've been called to reach. Uh, for some people, that's local. 
For some people, that's national. For some people, that's international. For some people, that's a mix of all three. For some people, it's a mix of these two. It varies. And that's the beauty in the body that is very diverse. We have speakers. We have leaders. We have teachers in the body. We have background. We have, uh, uh, you know, uh, front runners. Everybody's different. And I, I, I can honestly say that I didn't want the platform that I have. Honestly, I wasn't looking for people to, you know, the stewards to find me on social media and say, hey, Tony, I want to learn more about your story. I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't looking for that. But I, I feel this tug to speak to as many people on this earth as possible. I'll put it that way. Wow. So that, that's, that's something that the goal of hitting every single continent is, is on the radar. Every single, look, Antarctica, I'm coming for you. You know, I'm not like, and nobody's being left out. You know, who's ever, That's awesome. who's ever there, I'm coming for you. And so I'm you're not just going to go to uh, the Caribbean then, Mm-mm. where it's Mm-mm. sunny and nice beaches. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I'm with I you on that, man. I want everybody, everybody. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. You know, and I'm... I find myself being the same way, not, I don't want to say never satisfied, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. when it comes to organizational structure, yeah. my mind, and sometimes it drives my wife crazy, it drives uh, friends crazy. I'm always thinking mm-hmm. forward. I love it. And I'm an idealist. I and then it. my wife reels me in. She's the I realist. You uh-huh. know, she goes, I'm not negative. I'm just That's real. It. That's it. No, and I'm the that's it. Oh, the pie in the sky yep. thing. So yep. yeah, that's that's you, awesome. You you and your wife are the same as Christina and I. I'm that yep, I'm you and she's your your wife as well. Yeah. She's she's the step by step, okay, Tony, how are we gonna get there? You know, we're gonna okay, we're gonna you say you wanna go to the moon, but let's figure how how we're gonna yeah. get there. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. And all you see is the moon. Right, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you know, we talked a lot about your wife. How do you balance yeah. um, being a husband mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. being a coworker and then also with your traveling? Absolutely. I'm no master at it. I'm not even going to sit there right. and say that I have the answers because I don't. Um, sometimes our business will spill over into our marriage mm-hmm. and vice versa. And I will say through these four years, every year has gotten better in terms of making the separation because before, you know, if anything happens to Christina personally, um, where I would need to step away from speaking, that's done. It's done. No, no, no second thought or anything like that. Christina is, is number one, you know, God, Christina, then speaking. Um, then ministry. And so with that being said, uh, I try to just make sure the foundation of who I am is that order. God, Christina speaking. And what helps me to stay disciplined is, for example, and this is just an ex- it's just timely. Christina and I right now are in the middle of a fast and mm. things like fasting together, praying together, uh, reading our scriptures word together and actually breaking down scripture and just uh, challenging one another in our spiritual growth, um, which is a personal matter more than it is a business matter. 
that helps to keep things separate and it helps to keep the balance because we're with each other. I mean, the only time we're really not with each other is when she's at work, to be honest. We're there. We love spending a lot of time with each other, like a lot. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't have a ton of friends, nor does she. And so we're, you know, even when we go visit our families, we're doing that together. Um, and I know, again, every marriage is different. I'm not saying we're the ideal marriage by any means, but um, we love spending time with each other. So I think there's happiness in that. There's joy in that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but just trying to keep the balance of the foundation of God, Christina, then ministry, not our business, not God, business and Christina. Yeah, no, I get that. They can't, That's... they can't be the same. They can't be on the same level. They can't be. No. Absolutely. That is, that's dead on. Um, cause I was just curious cause I can't imagine. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I love my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, we love hanging out together, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I can't imagine, you know, being a business partner, if you sure. will, as well. And yeah. that, and drawing the line yeah. of, it's tough. you know, Hey, when we go out to dinner tonight, we're not going to talk about business. Yes. It's you know, tough. And that, yeah. That it's is, no, it's no. And you know what? I was reading, so I was reading, actually, my wife is dope. She got me a Kobe's Mamba, Kobe's Mamba Mentality book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading it last night, you know, because there's a lot of pictures and kind of just short go-to paragraphs. And he was saying that greatness requires a lot of sacrifice on both ends of the spectrum, from mm-hmm. your craft and also for family. And he was saying that there's a tight rope that you must walk where when you feel yourself going too much family and not enough craft, you have to lean, you have to fix yourself Mm. and realign yourself to get back to making sure your craft is important. And if you feel yourself getting too much on your craft and not, and then basically neglecting your family, your, your wife or your husband and your children, then you must then think about a tight rope and I'm walking and I must lean, get myself, like mm. realign myself. And he was saying that there's no, he felt, feels like there's no perfect way to do right. it other than in the moment realigning. And that's what I find myself doing in the moment. If I feel that I'm neglecting my craft of speaking and the ministry, then I, then I'm telling Christina, Hey, look, we've had a lot of date nights. I'm going to, I'm going to do one. Let's, let's take away maybe two date date nights at all, but I want to, I want to fix something within our company, Mm. you know, and it's vice versa. It goes, but, but it's like this tight rope. And I love how Kobe made that analogy. It was really cool. how he explained that. So that's true because yeah, there is no step one, two, three, Mm -hmm. four. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some principles, there's some foundational Mm -hmm. principles, but yeah, yeah, it's, It's a constant yes. balance yes, and constant yes. readjustment, you know, yes. um, yep. that's mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a cultural question. Okay. It to sports. I don't, yes. this is a difficult topic to talk about without going yep. political, but we're not yep. going down that road. Yep. Yep. Um, we live in a very divided culture. Mm-hmm. And one of the few things that brings people together is sports. Absolutely. So in your experience mm-hmm. in sports, mm-hmm. how have you seen um, athletics and sports tear down those walls of 
racial divide, political, mm-hmm. religious, mm-hmm. social economics. I mean, you name it, there's a ton mm-hmm. of barriers mm-hmm. in our culture. But how have you seen sports just kind of make those crumble? Yep. Sports is uh, it's a universal language. It's, uh, it's in all sports. You see different, obviously, races, um, ages, um, and generations like you may have in like, for example, in basketball, because, you know, that fist fitting, I'm, you know, all about basketball. You may have an older generation that's still hanging on in the NBA, but then you have these new guys mm-hmm. coming up, you know, so you got 30, mid 30 year olds playing with 18 year olds. So from an age standpoint, that's diverse. You have you have uh, the Steph Curry's of the world who come from a home where, you know, the, the, the you know suburbs and dad was in the NBA and you know people you know think he was spoiled and all these different things and then on the other and then on the flip side you have players who come from just being transparent come from maybe uh, a hood uh, projects mm-hmm. just totally different world and and so when you look at the fact that what sports does is when you step foot onto any field or court, tennis court, basketball court, uh, let's go swimming pool. When you're in a pool, um, all of that really is kind of second to what the goal is, which is we, we're getting ready to compete to the best of our abilities and get the result of winning this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, what I love about that is that no one is worried about I don't think most people are. I would hope people aren't thinking about in basketball, all right, I'm dribbling right now. That guy is white or that guy is rich or come from a rich background or that guy. I don't, I don't think that's going through anybody's brain when they're on a football field and uh, things like that. I don't think that's, that's going through their, their, their mind. And so I love that what sports does. It, it, it creates um, a, uh, just this universal uh, community, if you will, where while we're, when we're playing the game, you know, your ethnicity is not a huge thing. Your socioeconomic status, like where you started, is not a huge thing. Nobody's questioning those things. We're just we're just playing this this sport, and so um, I love that because that doesn't really exist with any other. Group sports is really the only place, you know, you see in politics, obviously that's not happening. There's really no, nothing that's universal, uh, you know, racial, you know, racial issues in our country, you know, different groups have different opinions on different things. And, you know, even within like a black, the black community or the white community, there's differences in there, you know, each Mm -hmm. community. And so with sports though, it's the one group where it's, it's pretty universal. It is pretty darn universal. And you see that, I, I, I guess I'll say this and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop on my rant. My hope is that uh, that universal but yet diverse message of sports would spill into politics and, and everything and everything else. And I'll say this too. Another thing I love about sports is uh, – well, no, I was, I'm not going to say that because we weren't going down that road. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, we're good. Yeah. I mean, so the reason I the reason I like to talk about that because to me, and if listeners have listened to this podcast before, they're probably tired of me saying this, but I love the analogy of sports mm-hmm. and talking about that because to me. Mm-hmm. We have those same issues, mm-hmm. division within within the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. And if we all look at the common goal, the common goal mm-hmm. is very clear from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Love God, mm-hmm. love others. Mm-hmm. Everything else is secondary. Mm-hmm. If we mm-hmm. focus on that common goal within the yes. church, yes. we tear down all this yes. division. Yes. And, and yes. that's why... You know, yes. I love the picture of sports. Yes. Um, because sports, to me, yes. is the way the church should yes. be operating. Yes. One goal, everybody together, let's go. That's it. Bring, you know, going back to basketball, the point guard, do your job. Just focus yep. on doing your job. The center, just focus on doing your job. That's right. Forwards, just focus on doing your job. And to your point. That if we focus on our roles and responsibilities and what we're supposed to do, we can collectively get to this, get to this goal, this end result. So yeah, you're spot on. You're spot That's on. That's right. Yeah, we better move on because we could probably talk another <laughs> two hours on that. Sure, yeah, I'm sure, starting sure, to get sure, a little sure. excited, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good stuff. I mean, it's, it is it is what it is, and I think that's Absolutely. the beauty of sports. And um, I love sports, and I but I also think we can learn a lot from it. Um, even those that don't play sports or involved Absolutely. in sports can learn a lot from it because it is it's a it's a beautiful picture. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that listen to this are student athletes and coaches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in the school system speaking. You know mm-hmm. that um, it's not always easy. To, to stand up as a person of faith inside the schools, you know, yes. depending on what part of the country or what school district you're in. So mm-hmm. how would you encourage a student athlete or a coach that understands the platform of athletics? Mm-hmm. It can be used for good or for bad. And they, and they really want to take hold of that platform and be bold in their walk for Christ. How would you encourage mm-hmm. them to, to use the platform for good? Uh-huh. I think one of the top ways that we can do that and do that, that athletes can do that in particular. And it's something that I did when I was uh, joining Sanford's basketball team. The idea of me walking with Christ and being intentional as a junior in college on a college campus as a male athlete, being even more specific, was not popular. It was not Mm. cool. You know, I mentioned I was, I got in the speaker rotation of the Bible study and that wasn't cool. People right. didn't say like, oh, really? That's great, Tony. And what I made sure I did though was embrace being uncomfortable. Mm. And I think a lot of times student athletes in particular or even coaches um, think that the walk, uh, your walk with Christ in the world of sports is going to be uh, comfortable. It's not. And, and, and if you train your mind going into it to, to know I'm going to experience ridicule, I'm going to experience some mocking, I'm going to experience people uh, not being for what I'm doing, then I think that helps when it's time to deal with the frustrations of maybe getting teased or, or whatever, whatever you, whatever the, uh, the, the, the rejection looks like. And so 
I would say for me, one thing that I did was I, I found one person. This is more practical. I found one person that had the same mindset as me. He was my accountability partner and I was his. And I think if you try to at least get one person in your corner and you're in their corner, then they can encourage you when you need it. When the big, large group is throwing stones at you and telling you like what you're standing for is lame and it's, you know, it's not worth it. And why are you doing this? And so one accountability, I'll say find an accountability partner to walk with you. I'll say the second thing is this, be clear on what you stand for. Um, and what I mean by that is as much as you can in the flow of conversation or even utilizing social media, let people know, hey, I'm a child of God. Like I, I truly, I truly rep Jesus Christ because once you start drawing the line in the sand, then it helps to keep sometimes negativity away because people already know what you stand for. But if people don't know what you stand for, then you're allowing the, you know, I would say it like this, you're allowing the creepers to creep over the line and get to you, you know, get to your way of thinking and bring you down. And so for me, that was something I was intentional about uh, on campus where people knew, you know what, let's not even ask Tony about the club. Let's just be real. He's not going. Let's not even yeah. ask Tony about uh, hitting this blunt. He's, he's not going. Let's not even ask Tony about drinking this, you know, this alcohol. He's not, he's not. They yeah, know we know stood. what he stands for. They yeah. Know. We all, we, they already know. Uh, so th- those two for me. That's okay. good. And I really like um, embrace being uncomfortable. That's mm-hmm. good because, mm-hmm. you know, being bold for Jesus is not mm-hmm. comfortable most not times. So, they, yeah. they hate, they hated him. They hated him. Yeah, hated exactly. Him. Yeah, exactly. So they him. hated Jesus. You know, they're going to hate us. hundred percent. 100 yeah, percent. that's good i like that mm-hmm. if you look on twitter you might see embrace being uncomfortable hey i'm with it i'm retweeting <laughs> it's already it out there it's crazy you know when you you know sometimes i get annoyed at church you know a pastor go hey that's tweetable you know it's like whatever <laughs> but embrace being uncomfortable that's that's my new thing now love it love it, love it love it love it love it love it um this next question is one I always look forward to. It's actually one I go back and review a lot. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have a favorite scripture, a life verse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to ask if you did if, you mm-hmm. know, share one, or mm-hmm. is there one that you know God's been showing you recently that you would encourage us with? Yep. No, one of my favorites. Um, and most people, when I say it, they're going to be like, man, you're crazy. But it's, it's just, I, I love it. Um, James chapter one, mm. verses two and four. Um, consider it pure joy, mm-hmm. uh, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, knowing that uh, the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance, uh, basically, that perseverance, I'm blanking on that last half, but perseverance run its course or develop so that you'll be uh, mature and complete, lacking in nothing. That's right. Um, and so the beauty in that, the, 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 the tough part is James writes, basically get hype when you are experiencing hardships. And he's writing to a people who are experiencing hardships because they're the early church. 
and they're being persecuted. Literally, people are losing their lives for the Christian faith. And he's telling them in the midst of this, while you're watching your brother lose his life or or your sister or your mother or your aunt or your cousin, while you're watching them get slaughtered for this new faith, consider it joy. Mm. And that's crazy to think about. And so if he was telling people who were being killed for their faith to consider pure joy when you face trials during those times, what does that mean for me today? And, mm. and, I, look at, and I look at it and I, if I'm being real, realistic, I'm living in a country where you, know, you have freedom of speech and you get to worship who you want to worship. So I, I don't have to worry about losing my life for my faith. Um, and I'm major, it's, it's a mind blowing to think that there are some who who do though. And I applaud, I applaud martyrs who are literally to their last breath saying, I'm standing for Jesus Christ. I'm not denouncing him. That is just commendable. Um, but going back to me living in America, I know that that's not something I have to face, but what I do have to face are seasons in my life, and I didn't mention this, but where uh, my dad ended up uh, falling victim to a drug addiction. So I, that was a hardship. That was adversity that I had to go through. Um, that the one of the biggest adversities. And in that period, this verse was actually one of the first verses that I ran to in that time when I found out my dad had a drug addiction and it got me through it because I realized that one trials are going to happen hundred percent. There's no way of, there's no way of getting around that. But two, in some crazy way I can find joy and Mm. the joy, the joy is twofold. One, Jesus will come meet me in that trial. And two, these momentary afflictions that are happening don't compare to the light at the very end of the tunnel, which is obviously eternity with the father. And so it's twofold to be able to build my character, build my relationship with Christ, build my dependency on him during that time with my dad. That was, and it's still, that was the beginning of an intimacy with Christ that is, I can't even Mm. explain I mentioned to you that, and that's kind of, it's kind of like we're going full circle because that was one of the early things I mentioned. Uh, 12 years old, I accept Christ, asterisk. Mm-hmm. But on my college campus, when I found out my dad's problem is where I got intimate with Christ for myself. Mm. Um, and it was through the most, the worst, difficult, most darkest period of my life. It didn't come... At the, it didn't come after winning a lottery. Right. It didn't come after doing the greatest accomplishment. It came at the darkest time where I was depressed, where I was low. And that's where I found him. And wow. like for myself, like none other. And so that verse is personal for me and one of my yeah, favorites. You know, <clears throat> yeah, and I love that. You know, when I, I'm going through the book of Romans with a, with a large group. Mm-hmm. Um, and we share kind of some thoughts mm-hmm. with each other every day. And, you know, chapter five, we're reading, you know, starting on mm-hmm. March 1st. So chapter five, part of that talks about rejoice and sufferings, knowing that mm-hmm. suffering produces endurance, mm-hmm. endurance, mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. character produces hope. Yep. 
you know, and the hope is only found in God's love. So is your, your quote, cause I love that from James. Yep. Um, yep. 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 Because it goes on to talk about, Hey, if you lack wisdom, just ask. Yes. And when we're going through those tough times. Yes. We have the answers. Yes. You know? Yes. You know, and then yes. Yes. going back to Romans five this morning, you know, mm-hmm. talking about it produces endurance, endurance yes. produces our character. And so yes. a lot of times yes. without those struggles, yes, you know, we're not prepared for the long race. 100%. I t- I, and, I, and I tell, you know, when I speak, the funny thing is when I speak, my principles are biblically based, but I can't, you know, right. at public schools, I can't just, hey, all right, let's turn to, you know, Ephesians right. chapter, like, but when I, you know, when I say, when I tell a group of youth, it's literally impossible when you think about it, you read a scripture like that, what it's really saying, it's really impossible to fail. Uh, because if I, if I go through a hardship and it knocks me down while it's knocking me down, as long as I at least get back up, that's right. I'm still gaining something. That's right. I can still gain something. And that's crazy because other messages tell you it, it's different. You know, I, you, if you fail, you fail and that's it. But that's not my mindset. I'm failing forward. Every time I make them, I'm failing forward. Every time something, I'm failing forward. As long as I keep failing forward, I'm okay because I learned something about myself. I learned my weaknesses. I learned my strengths. I learned uh, different opportunities that I didn't see. And I'm able to make tweaks and make adjustments and then move forward. So I'm always failing forward, even through trials, even through hardships. You know, and let's, you know, let's just be real. If, if life did not have hardships, would we stay really that close exactly. to God, right? Exactly. exactly. Because we get yep. comfortable when things are going well. Yep. So yep. Yep. I'm convinced yep. that, you know, yep. I tell people all the time, just because you're a follower of Christ doesn't mean nope. life's easy. The Bible nope. I read says nothing about that. Yes. It says you will go through trouble. Yes. But when yes. you do, yes. count it joy because this is what it's it. producing. I love it. Yeah, I love that's it. good. You're spot on. So one last question. Mm-hmm. Two words. Uh, the first two words in our organization, all in. It's all over sports. Mm-hmm. Um, no secret what it means, but it's also all over, especially Jesus' teaching that, hey, if you're going to follow me, mm-hmm. you got to deny yourself. you gotta, yes. you got to be selfless. So this yes. is kind of a practical question. So what does that mm-hmm. look like, Tony, in your daily walk? Yep. Be all in for Christ. Yep. Jesus, God, God. Jesus, he is, uh, he's relational. He is not religional. I don't know if that's a word. I don't think it is, mm-hmm. but I'm going to use it, which means that uh, in any relationship, the importance of spending time is, is key. And so for me, practically, my devotional time, I call it my quiet time, mm-hmm. that's something that is never compromised. Um, like my wife knows that during my quiet time, I'm pretty much unavailable unless like death is, you know, there's the dire emergency. Um, and so I, I'm intentional about making time for him, just he and I, and, and uninterrupted time, uninterrupted time, because it's funny, you know, I talk to young men all the time about, I, I kind of relay it like this. If you're dating a young lady and you truly want to get to know her, 
and you truly love her, you truly feel like she's the one, you're going to spend a lot of money. <laughs> you're going to spend a lot of time with her. You're going to try your best to impress her. And that takes intimacy. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about communicate communication. I'm talking about emotional, uh, uh, getting to know her emotionally. Time. Time's everything. So for me, practically, my quiet time is one of the most important things. It's everything for me because that's my time to get closer to him. And the word says that when we draw close to him, he then draws close to us and draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. And so uh, intimacy is everything. Time, spending time. That means, uh, and I'll be even more practical, prayer, uninterrupted praying, uninterrupted word. And when I say word time, I'm not just saying reading the Bible and then putting it down. I'm saying I'm trying to dissect verses and study, like actually study. Maybe I have to go get a commentary. Uh, Matthew Henry online, is that's one of the commentaries I use. Uh, I just got uh, Dr. Tony Evans' commentary that he just put out, um, literally dissecting, because that's intimacy. When you when you go again, going back to the young lady, if I'm dating a young lady, I'm not gonna just ask her her name and no other questions. I want to know her family history. I want to know. I want to know. You know, is she good with money? Mm -hmm. I'm getting deep, um, and so we got to go deep into the word, and that takes dissecting. That means memorizing, and then the last piece is just worship, worship, uh, worship in a church during a service, but also. Like my worship, I'll be honest with you, and then I and then we and then we can transition. But Stuart, my worship is violent. Like I, I need some room when I worship. Like when I say violent, I'm not putting my hands on anybody, but just I need some space. I'm going in because it's 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 a it's an admiration for for my savior, and so uh, worship in that form, but also worship meaning everything I do, eat dream all for the glory of God this podcast all for the glory of God you know and, and what I what I love and I told you this your outline was so thorough and you didn't come with subpar work and it glory <laughs> no really it, it, it glorified God because I think as Christians the work we put out is a reflection of him we can't represent him by putting sloppy work together Wow, I appreciate not, that. That means not, a lot. Absolutely. That's not worshiping him. So worshiping right. him is making sure if he's an excellent guy and a quality guy and a and a and a he's he's a perfectionist. He is perfection. And I know we can't hit the perfection standard, but we ought to try. You that's know, right. try in everything. And that's worship. That's a form of worship in my opinion. So I agree. I had a friend of mine uh, recently tell me, he's like, look, think about this. God created us to be awesome because we're created in his image. We mm -hmm. always say we serve an awesome God. Yes. If we're created in his image, then why aren't we pursuing everything in excellence? That's it. That's it. You know, but a lot that. of times, you know, we don't look at it that way. We don't. But, we don't. And we I've don't. heard that all my life, but he broke it down mm -hmm. 
in a way that yes. you know, I don't know why it just resonated with yes. me. You know what? Yes. He's an awesome guy. Yes. And if I'm creating his image, yes. Yes. And I'm awesome too. Yes. Yes. Um, I love it. 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 Love it. Love it. <laughs> hey, I know it took us a long time to connect, but um, I believe in God's timing. Yes. It's always perfect. Yes. So I do always. appreciate the time. And, um, and I will say this as we close, as a reminder to the listeners, mm-hmm. go to Tony Thompson, yes. mm-hmm. and shop, yep. send a message. Yes. You get 50, 50% 50, off that 50% book. 50% off. Yep. 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 I Just let me know. That. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. I'm uh, just being able to connect with you uh, in this short m- amount of time has been a, a blessing. And I, I'm praying that all in sports outreach, the, the, the organization itself, but also this podcast continues to, to glorify God, uh, continues to bless others, but also thrives in I don't know your big vision, but I want whatever that vision is. I pray that it thrives. I'm, I'm like in prayer that it thrives across, you know, the nation, across the globe, wherever you're trying to take it, and that God would bless it like crazy. That God would, and that that listeners, listeners with who don't know Christ would come to know Christ, and Amen. those who already do know Christ would become um, more hungry to know more of who He is and want more of who he is through you and through what God is doing through you. So I'm excited and I'll be definitely awesome. be in prayer now that I have a small piece uh, of, of all, of all in sports outreach. I'm, I'm excited just to watch the growth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you again to Tony for taking time to join us and to share his story of just passionately pursuing Jesus with everything he has and taking that into the schools and using a message with a strong foundation of faith to get into the doors of the public school and to share his heart and to share biblical truths that are applicable in everyday life. Um, so many things that, um, as, I, as I go over my notes, he talked about being intentional, embracing the uncomfortable, that Jesus is relational not religional, that we need time with him, never compromise our quiet time, Um, intentionally making uninterrupted time with God. And that is incredibly critical, is making uninterrupted time with God a priority. Because it's so easy to, to start spending time with God and then letting the busyness of life interrupt us. I challenge you to take that, um, as a priority to be uninterrupted time with God. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you again to Tony. I, I, I hope and I pray this encourage you like it encouraged me. Share it with somebody. If you're not a subscriber to our podcast, please, whatever platform you're listening to right now, click the subscribe button. There are over 120 episodes that I know will encourage you just like this one. And there's a lot more coming. I'm so excited about what God's doing through this podcast ministry. So thank you for being a part of this journey of listening and sharing. Interact with us. Go to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Type in All In Sports Outreach and find out who we are, why we do what we do, and opportunities to to pray, to serve, to give. Also on our website, allinsportsoutreach.org. But I want to close with this. Tony Thompson has a book. He mentioned this in the 
in, in the interview, and he said that if you would email him when you make the order, um, mention that you listen to the All In Sports Outreach podcast. He'll give you 50 off. What a deal. The website um, was mentioned in the interview. It's going to be in the show notes, but it's www.tonythompsonstl.com. Again, just an incredible offer. Go find this book and, and gift it to somebody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your encouragement and your support.